So I've got uh, one other really, really special announcement. So we've got a married couple that's sitting right back there. Brother Bob and Sister Mary Lewis that have been married for 67 years as of yesterday. That's awesome. So Bob, what is the secret? All right. If you got your Bible, turn over to 2 Timothy, the first chapter. As we all know, Mother's Day is, is very special. All you mothers here, love every single one of you, so appreciate everything that you all do. The mother's role is, is I can't even describe it because I'm not a mother, uh, but I've, I've seen some really good ones. Uh, my mother was awesome, still is. Uh, my wife's awesome. Started to see my daughter you know, be a mother. Uh, just a very special day. Deserves our honor and our recognition. Uh, so, just want to thank all of them and you know all of you. Thank all of them. Tell them you love them. Uh, it's uh, being a mother. I'm sure is is not easy. <clears throat> Single mothers, people that uh, have lost kids. I mean. I, I can't imagine. Uh, just continue to remember all those. But they're important. Mothers are so important. And you, and you don't really realize it until you actually get a little older. Like, you kind of take a lot of it for granted. Don't you? Like, I could tell you some stories of Robbie back there. <laughs> Manda was a stay-at-home mom, but boy, she worked way harder than I ever did at work. And that is being honest. He forgot everything. <laughs> I got a football game. Well, I forgot my cleats. I forgot my helmet. I, so she's running all over the place. She had to push him once in a wheelchair. You see, yeah, for quite a while. Like at the school, there's like a hill that you got to go up. So that was interesting. Uh, but I, I'm sure there's stories with Lainey and Rachel too. But Robbie and all those stick out. <laughs> and he's thinking of every one of them right now in his head. But you just watch your kids grow up, and, and it's, it's amazing the role that the mothers play. Now, I think us fathers are pretty awesome, but I don't think we have anything related to the mothers. I was kind of thinking the bomb.com or something like that. Like that that's the mothers. They're just awesome. <clears throat> and, and my kids growing up, like I said, just, just watching Amanda, it, it was unbelievable. Like she worked way harder than I ever did, I'll be honest. Um, and now we've kind of reversed roles a little. <laughs> I'm at home all the time and she's not working. So I'm getting paid back now 25 years of her staying at home with laundry and cooking and everything else. Hey, I'm, I'm getting to be a pretty good cook. <laughs> you guys don't believe me, do you? <laughs> but stay-at-home moms, I mean, and, and all those moms that, that work and... It just seems like it's never ending. I mean, one of the things that you guys are probably going to think we're crazy, but when we cut the grass, like she cuts the grass and I trim. That's just what we do. You're like, well, why do you make her wife cut the grass? She actually likes it. You like it too, Debbie? <laughs> but just again, just today, say thank you. Tell your mom, I love you. I just don't think we, we get to say that stuff enough. And as we know, there's coming a day where you're not going to be able to do that anymore. So take the time today. 
So if you, if you look at the Bible, there's so many examples of godly mothers. I mean, one of the ones we've, we've been studying uh, for Bible study is, is Naomi and Ruth. And how, you know, Ruth, Ruth eventually be, becomes the great-grandma of King David. And is on the lineage of Jesus. And she was a foreigner. Like, she, she wasn't Jewish. I mean, there's so many. Sarah, you know, the, the wife of Abraham, mother of Isaac, and what was she, over 100 when she had Isaac? I mean, God's so, done so many crazy miracles in women in the Bible. And like I said, there's, there's tons. I mean, Mary, the mother of Jesus. There, there's, there's, you know, I was, I was reading this week about Dorcas over in Acts chapter 9. She helped people. She made clothes. She, she'd done all kinds of stuff for people. She became sick. Died. And Peter, through the help of God, raised her from the dead. But just so many amazing things. Think of Esther. Went boldly before the king to save her people for such a time as this. It's just amazing. Rahab, the prostitute, again. She's, she's in the, the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. And this morning we want to dive into some scripture that I don't, it's probably not as familiar as others. About a couple of mothers that were, a couple of other mothers that were awesome. That had, that had just a, a desire to pass on the faith that they had in Christ. So again, we'll, we'll read a few verses here in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Is that what he's got up here? Hey, he's got the title, A Mother's Faith, Pass It On. That's awesome, isn't it? All right, so we'll read a few verses here. 2 Timothy, the first chapter. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Here's the good part. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God gave us a spirit not to fear, but of power and love and self-control. So when I was studying through this, it, it kind of reminded me of Brother Tony's message not long ago about legacy. Like, as a, as a child of God, and this, this, I know it's Mother's Day, but this applies to us all. What are you passing on as a child of God? What are you passing on? And that's really what we want to look at this morning. But I love how Paul calls them out there. I'm reminded of your sincere faith. In both of them and now in you. Isn't that amazing? It, it tells me that your faith doesn't necessarily start here. That makes sense? Your faith starts at home. It starts at home. It starts at home. That sincere faith. 
I jotted this down as I was studying through this. The leaning of your entire personality on God in Christ in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. Now, what's interesting here, if you flip over to Acts chapter 16, the first verse, and I don't know if Daniel has it up or not. Here we go. There we go. Awesome. I got to get used to this technology. Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his, his father was a Greek. Kind of goes back to that, you know, like kind of a mixed family. Like dad believes this, mom believes this. That can't be easy. And for children growing up, I'm sure it's confusing. It can't be easy. Sorry, I'm getting hot. But I think that's why it's so important that equally yoked. That's important. But you see here, it says his dad was a Greek, but his mom was a believer. Can't you see how weird that could have went? But his grandmother and his mother helped him through that faith. Now you might say, well, grandma was saved, mom was saved, Timothy was saved. Because of them. That's not necessarily true. I think we all have this, well, my grandpa was a preacher, I'm okay. No. No. There was a time where I had to make that decision to follow Jesus. Like everyone else. Well, mom and dad, they went to church all their lives. I'm okay. It's not how it works. You have to make that decision. You have to make that decision. You know, I I think it's awesome that parents bring kids to church. To kind of like what we're talking about, that help with that faith. But there's a time where they have to make the decision. They have to basically make the decision to be saved. You know, going back to to my situation, my parents always brought me to church. When I became about 14, 15 years old, I'm like, I don't really want that. I was out doing everything Bob Mills wanted to do. But there was a time where I had to make the decision to be here or not. And that's what every single one of us have to make. That decision to be here, that decision to be saved, that decision, eternity. It's a big decision. But you see, his, his mom and grandma really helped him. It's interesting that he calls them out by their name. That tells me that it's pretty special. Doesn't it? Pretty special. So what kind of things do you think they did to help with that faith? What kind of things do you think they did? I won't, I, I won't have your answer. You're probably like, do they want me to answer? Does he not? That's okay. So what kind of things? Did somebody say Jesus? Jesus. It's, it's like... 
If you're out there as a Christian, and you think the way to, to help people with their faith, the way to help people to get here to hear the, the Word of God, is to take your Bible and bang them over the head. You shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, you should be in church. That's never going to work. That's never going to work. Because they're going to be like, well, I've just seen you cussing or you know, throwing somebody at the bird or whatever. They're like, well, why would I want to be like that? Am I wrong? I really believe that the key to all of this is living Jesus in front of them. That is the key. Now, I know it's not easy. Like we said last week, by the aid of the Holy Spirit, it's not easy. But that's what it takes. Is living. That, that's exactly what they did. They lived Jesus in front of him. They lived Jesus in front of him. Great song. Some of you know. Be Jesus to someone today. I love that song. Some of you know that, don't you? Be consistent. That's another one. Don't come here on Sunday mornings like we were talking about this morning all dressed up and acting holy and then go out and live the rest of the week like the devil. Do you honestly think your kids don't see that? Do you honestly think other people don't see that? They do. I'm like, I don't want nothing to do with that. Be consistent. Be who you say you are in Christ. Be committed. Here's a good one. Be different. Mm-hmm. Be different. They're going to wonder, like, what's different about that guy? What's different about that girl? They not, may not necessarily know, hey, we're a Christian. But they're going to see something different. And they could come up to you like, something's different about you. That's an opportunity. An opportunity. All the things that just went through my head. Teach them about Jesus. Teach them about God. Teach them about the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, all of it. Teach them how to pray. How many kids growing up don't know how to pray? I didn't. I still don't. It's awkward. Teach them how to call out to God. Teach them how to trust and obey. How? By you doing it. By you doing it. I love Second Harvest. I love it. Because it teaches us how to give. It teaches us how to work as a church. The first time Jace came, he told Rachel, he said, Mom, I love helping people. That means a lot. Amen. That means a lot. Now we got some older people that need to learn that lesson. Come down to Second Harvest and put your work. It's awesome. Knowing that an old person at home that has no finances are going to get fed for a month, that's pretty awesome. And there's probably more we can do. Teach them to give. Teach them to serve. Teach them to love. Like it says back there on the wall. Loving God, loving Jesus, and learning to serve. I I guarantee you that's everything they were doing for Timothy. I guarantee it. Like I said... I'll give you some credit for bringing people to church. 
Because that's pretty cool. That's pretty amazing. I don't think we ask people enough to come to church. But again, if you're coming to church and acting holy and then going out there and living completely different, you're defeating the purpose. You're defeating the purpose. We are to be different. What kind of message is that sending to anyone? Think about it. If as the dad of our family, I said, kids, we're going to church. We're going to get all dressed up pretty. Nobody's going to, whatever. I won't even go to that. But I'm like, okay, so we're not going to smoke in this family. We're not going to drink in this family. We're not going to cuss in this family. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. And then they see me doing it. What's that say? What's that say? It's called hypocrites. That's what it is. Do as I say, not as I do. You're never going to win a soul like that. You're never going to win a soul like that. They'll notice. Years and years ago, when Rachel was playing softball, someone. What does the say? You might be the only Bible someone ever reads. That is true. You're influencing someone. And your life as a child of God should be pointing to Christ. Should be pointing to Christ. To live Jesus in front of them. The second thing is teach them about the need for salvation. Because that is the most important decision they will ever make in their life. Amen. The second being marriage. Obviously, you guys don't believe that because Sister Tammy was the only one that said amen. Salvation is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. Amen. It has eternal implications. Yes. And every single one of us that are a child of God, we have a home waiting for us in heaven. That's why I talked to Brother Willis this week. That's what Kathy's at. That's the only reassurance that we have. He's broken hearted, but it's, there's some joy in there knowing where she's at. 
that's the most important thing that you can teach them. We are all sinners. We are all born into sin. There was no hope. But a man named Jesus, He came and died on the cross to take away our sins. That we could come back to a loving Heavenly Father and have a hope of eternal salvation. Just thinking about all this. There's a lot of family that's waiting for us over yonder. Grandma and grandpas, aunts and uncles. If you have that hope, you'll get to see them again one of these days. Again, that's why it's so important. Like I said, Timothy wasn't automatically saved just because his mom and grandma were saved and went to church. He had that decision to make. He had that decision. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, you have that same decision to make. And again, it has eternal implications. If you were to die today, where would you go? But you got to ask yourself. As a child of God, if I died today, I would be in the portals of glory forever. Where would you be? That's what you've got to ask yourself. That's what you've got to ask yourself. And Sister Tammy last week talked about praying for Daniel and Sarah growing up to find that spouse. I have no doubt she was also praying for their salvation. That's what we should be as parents praying for. The salvation of our kids, the salvation of our family, the salvation of our acquaintances, as the covenant says. If, we, if we're not, who is? If we're not praying for those things, who is? If I'm not praying for my grandkids to be saved one day, who is? The other thing, this church should be. This church should be. All of us. Prayer. It's important. Prayer is powerful. Prayer can move mountains. We've seen it. It's important. Don't forget. Don't neglect prayer. Pray for their salvation. Pray to encourage and to teach and to lead. So many things that we could do as Christians. Pray for obedience. That's a scary thing, isn't it? Obedience. If God was calling you this morning to preach the gospel, to teach, whatever it is, to go mission somewhere, what would you say? It's a scary thing. It really is. It's a really scary thing to be up here. And I think I'm terrible at it. You guys are probably going to kick me out one of these days soon. But the blessings that I get from following Him and doing what He tells me to do, if you kick me out... I'm still going to be preaching somewhere. Because that's what he's called me to do. I really, like I said last week, I really truly believe there are people here this morning that have been called to preach. I really believe that. We're called to do something. Called to teach. We're going to need some folks doing that for Brother Tyler up here. Even doing that. 
think in the, uh, going back to Timothy there, I think the sixth verse. For this reason I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So the other thing I think that we, we need to pray for is that our kids and all those growing up, once they do get saved, that they have that boldness to go out and tell people about it. I think as Christians, that is one of the things that we don't do. We don't go tell people about Jesus anymore. Like he said here, the power and love and self-control to boldly proclaim Jesus to the world. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. Not cram it down people's throats. Not bang them over the head with the Bible. Boldly tell them about Christ. How He changed your life. How He changed my life. I don't think we do that enough. Don't think we do that enough. Share your faith. But we get this, well, I don't want to upset nobody. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm shy, which I'm very shy. You guys don't know that, do you? Yeah, probably do. Afraid to say anything. It's embarrassing. Boldly proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Boldly proclaim it. It is our job as Christians to pass on that faith. Do you believe that? It's our job. It's our job to share the good news. Every single one of you out there that are saved are a minister of Christ. Not just the guy that's standing up here. It's every single one of our jobs. To witness, to encourage, to teach, to point others to Christ. Mm -hmm. Kind of goes back to that title again. It can't just be a mother's faith. Anyone's faith. Pass it on. Mm -hmm. It's important. It's important. So the question for you this morning is, are you passing that faith on? Who are you passing it on to? How are you passing it on? Are you actually living how we, were, we as Christians should be living. The other big question is, have you been born again? If you've not been born again, don't be here this morning. If your heart's pounding. I know there's people, their hearts are pounding. Be obedient. Be obedient and accept that. Accept that He came and died for you. And became that payment of sin that we could never pay that was sending us to a sinner's hell. Because of that, we have a hope of eternal life. And it's not that I hope I go there. It's a little different hope. I know when I close these eyes in death, I'm going to wake them up, wake up in the portals of glory. And there I'll be forever with Jesus. Forever. It's that important. It's that important. So, Brother Joe, as we get a verse of a song, I'm going to ask everyone to stand this morning. If you're here, you need, you need to pray. You need to accept Jesus in every part of your sins. Come up here and we'll pray with you. This altar is open for whatever needs you have. I just pray this morning that you follow the Lord. And us Christians, remember, faith, pass it on. It's important. Brother Michael, Brother Joe.